Hey, man. Hey, Peter. Um, we had more trouble getting this episode started than we usually do. It's kind of like a weird... It's a little bit of a weird time to just record a podcast and pretend that everything is normal with all that's going on in the U.S. And like yeah. today, it's Tuesday, we're recording. So I think it's been exactly a week since George Floyd was murdered. Yeah. And um, yeah, like obviously that's your country, but you know, I have a, everyone is following what's going on in the U.S. and everyone cares, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of weird yeah it it is and i i think acknowledging it is uh what we wanted to do and i guess if i could say you know i think i'm trying to educate myself more and more um remind myself to vote donate get involved do what we can (laughs) because it's it's a time you know it's there's this is this is unlike um, I don't know, just the level we've reached, it's, it's, uh, enough is enough. So hopefully listeners can, uh, use this opportunity to act and hopefully we can record a podcast here and somehow we all move forward. Yeah. I, uh, I think me as like a non-American <laughs> white dude, I don't feel like I have really anything to add. Um, But yeah, acknowledging it still feels like a good thing. And it's something that is making me very sad and has like a, a, like a emotional impact on my family um, and the people around me. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Hope it's going to change things for the better. I hope so too. Yeah, I think we kind of have the feeling that we don't have too much to add, but I think educating yeah. yourself is like the best you can do in listening and yep. not expecting anything from people or like... Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I feel the same way. I'm in the States, but, you know, being a, a white male of great privilege and, um, you know benefits of of many things i i don't have no uh no teaching to do other than just what what you know do do things that make a difference that's that's what i'm hoping and i'm 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 learning how to do that better right now too so yeah man it's uh yeah i think this is uh this is also an opportunity for people in other countries like myself to like you know think about how things are in our own countries and uh, I've seen a lot of people on social media kind of like say stuff like, you know, I'm from so-and-so country. I don't really feel like what's going on in the States is my fight. But like here are some of the issues that we have in our country that maybe this is a good time to like um, acknowledge as well that we also have our problems. Um, so that's something I'm thinking about as well, too. Yeah. So um, let's record a podcast anyways because we have a streak going and uh, it would be a shame (laughs) to break that streak let's move um yeah so updates i guess (laughs) yeah i know people are struggling with uh getting work done these days 
yeah. for me, like we're, we're moving this week. So, uh, it's mostly just physical labor on my part. So, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely for all the reasons we just mentioned a, um, it's a different week to be working for everyone. Um, I am making, I'm making progress, you know, on summit, I'm making progress. It's, it's, uh, you know, between Twitter and, and the news and coding basically is what I'm, is how I'm working these days. And, uh, which is, you know, it's the virus and, uh, and now this and um, yeah, man, it's, I guess I can share some updates on, on how it's going. <laughs> Everything just feels very, uh, trivial at this point, but yep. Yeah, moving, I get it. Moving along. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Yep. So with that said, <laughs> do you want to go I, first? It, yeah, sure. Um, I am trying to make progress here. Um, I have, um, just done a lot in terms of, you know, finishing the rewrite, the back end of the rewrite um, that I've been working on. And because of that, really set up things to finish the the front end as well. And I kind of use the metaphor of uh, kind of an IDE or programming language for users of the next version of Summit. And so where I am like right now this morning is I am trying to build a user interface that makes it um that takes away a lot of the stress of using excel for financial planning and trying Mm -hmm. to just manage all the cells and the complexity and the formulas that tames all of that while at the same time not not really giving up the power you know the the flexibility the power that it has, which is why, you know, finance professionals and founders turn to it all the time. And I think that's really been my kind of the theme of my product development lately is I really am striving to make Excel obsolete for financial planning. And that's kind of a new, um, that's a new kind of ambitious goal or it's a new way of saying it yeah right um as a it's kind of interesting i don't know if you remember but i think around like one of the earliest episodes probably i think i was saying that my my goal for the week or the month was to be like some sort of like crazy scientist and just see like how all the crazy things i could do with branch and like try to like find like all different use cases and stuff like that not because i was expecting people to do that or use those features but just to kind of understand like where the limits are and the limitations and how how far you can go and i think that's really interesting like when you're building something like this like on the kind of like the level you're at now you're just writing code basically and writing tests and stuff like that you aren't committing to like different use cases in the ui necessarily right now but you're learning all the different things that you could potentially do with the tool and you don't like the cool thing is you don't need to implement it all at once in the ui like you can do it step by step 
Um, but at least like spending some time just like experimenting is mm. a really, I think that's a really fun place to be and it's super useful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, okay, now that all these things are possible, how do we make it easy for people to utilize that power, but also not get stuck or yeah. get frustrated or, or resort back to here's a spreadsheet view. Here's a bunch of cells, empty whites, you know, cells that you got to put your numbers into and somehow like that's because that, then I'm just recreating Excel. Right. And so I feel like we're coming up with like a framework here or something because it's the same thing, right? With the branch recipes, right? <laughs> You're mm-hmm. Trying to take something that is super complicated and like wrap it in a nice UI and like a, a guided. Yes, guided. Like- exactly. Exactly. So I, I have run with this um, metaphor of building blocks, really. And, mm. you know, there's nice. two kinds of yeah, two kinds of building blocks. One is events and the other is people. And, mm. you know, those are like the fundamental like elements uh, or primitives of a financial model is, you know, human humans and, and events. And if you can um, if you can describe those, then we can generate uh, we can generate all the output that we need to generate from those. And so what I'm trying to do is have it be a lot more declarative for the user so that it feels a lot more natural as opposed to they're not trying to sit there predicting things, right? They're just really trying to share what's on their mind, share what they know, declare what they plan to do, and then capture all of that somewhere. So yeah, I've been thinking about hiring this other engineer there, there should be a way and there will be a way to easily just capture that plan, that intent <laughs> and mm. save it and say, yeah, probably around this date, thinking about this, thinking about that and just put it into the system. Right. And yeah. like, I'm, I'm hoping that that means that it's just a lot more natural, almost cathartic to use the tool than Excel. We're like, okay, I guess I need to put, I want to hire somebody I guess I need to put that into the, um, you know, the HR tab and I need to put it in the engineering payroll section, but then I need to do this and then I need to do that. And it's like, it's very difficult, even, right? Even before that, like, it's more like it, it needs to go in like H17 or something like that. Yeah. It's like with Excel, yes. like you kind of, you have to think about like, okay, we want to hire someone. Mm. What does that mean? Mathematically yes. kind of like, yeah. <laughs> Whereas yeah. It, with you, it's more like, okay, here are the different, you know, aspects of hiring a person. Have you thought about these things? So kind of like, you know, some sort of like advice or a consultant that's like asking good questions. Yep. Yeah. And so what I've landed on for now is um, templates for these events. And so what I, what I did um, yesterday was I created the data model for um, yes, there are events and people, you know, users will create these events, but I don't, I want to guide them right through the creation of these events. Mm-hmm. And so, but the problem is if I start to, if I start to fill my code base with guidance 
on creating specific kinds of events, I've basically fallen right back into the, the trap of having my code base grow linearly like with every single kind of event that somebody might want to add so like suddenly there i'm right back there it's like yes the back end supports all these arbitrary things but now the front end has to as well because if the front end grows and grows and grows because oh yeah we should include an example of hiring an engineer we should include an example of this or we need to support you know a custom form for every single type of event (laughs) Then if I if I put that code literally into JavaScript or into wherever it doesn't matter Python, um, Django templates, like once all those examples are living in the code, uh, I'm actually right back where I where I started and I don't want to be. So what I built is a uh, I built a, an object in the database, a Django model, which is called a, an event template. And that event template actually has, it's it's a meta, right? It's an abstraction of an event. And I can go into then the database or into the admin tool and create these templates. And those templates then just magically appear in the user interface. And those templates contain all the intelligence that's needed to say like, okay, if the event is just adding cash to your bank account, these are the only data points we need right? Hmm. These are the labels to use for those data points. And this is what to do with that data on the back end. So like now the templates are data that tells the user interface what to show and what not to show and guides the user at the same time. And so I, I basically picture that I'm going to have, you know, 20 30 50 100 templates that are available in different air, you know different types so revenue templates activation acquisition funnels like a funnel is a template we can have a template for a funnel in other words and so nice. yeah and so all the fields can have their own labels and that's all also just in data and then the mm. user basically think of that as like those templates are really like the the brushes in, in a in a paint program right and they can click one and use it but we can create new brushes just by adding more data to the database not by writing more code right yeah and that to me now i'm going okay this becomes a system where now what is (laughs) think about this the difference between a SaaS business and an e-commerce business for example is just going to depend on what templates they do or don't see Right, so if I'm designing a model for an e-commerce business, I should see templates that refer to unique web traffic, unique shoppers, right? A funnel that involves, you know, whatever funnels are natural for e-commerce, not recurring revenue, right? Templates, but you know what I mean? So we can actually, I can have what I call like business model recipes, yeah. which are, hey, if you're a SaaS business, click here now all of your templates are going to be SaaS sasified or SaaS specific and we're going to hide all the other ones if you're an e-commerce business and so this this is a breakthrough on the uh, on the presentation and ui side because now we have abstracted the user interface as well and I, i'm staring at my first template here which is just 
how much cash do you have to start? And that's mm-hmm. going to be obviously available for everyone. Um, but where this gets really powerful and exciting is here's the 20 templates that you need. And then you can also imagine people getting good at this stuff and knowing how to use these templates, knowing which recipes to use. And I think that gives the power user an opportunity to master you know, the, the skill of developing a model um, using Summit. But I think that then I can create, you know, videos and tutorials and I, you know, we can teach how to do this, but it's still so much better than using Excel, right? Because it's going to take, you can actually point and click your way through creating a financial model as opposed to, like you said, filling out H17, you know, and then F17 and then you messed up your formulas and you clone your sheet and then you have to email to somebody and you got to make sure they don't have the ability to change. I mean, you know, all the problems with it. So anyway, so it was a little bit of a, of a stump speech, but I hope it. <laughs> Those are the, the kind of recipes we don't have in branch that yet that I'm really excited about where we can have recipes like a template of recipes. Basically we yeah. have a very simple version of it for a few of our recipes that have several steps, but we don't have, full-on like pipelines or but we really want that yeah exactly and so i could i could also picture letting power users financial analysts um especially the ones that are working for multiple companies which is a very common practice in the startup world you know they can develop with me you know and maybe eventually on their own right they can develop these templates and use them for clients so, yeah, that's the golden nugget, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and another, you know, templates can also be um, investor specific. So I can picture an indie.vc funding, you know, fund raise template. Mm. You you know, it's it's the one, you know, Bryce, someone has looked at it. We know it's accurate. You know, everybody can see how it works. But you can say add, you know, an indie dot vc terms fundraise to my model added to this date and you know each of these so every time a lender or investor comes up with a new way of providing financing for a startup or a business we can add that as a template and just make it really easy for people to uh to say yeah let's let's imagine that we raised money on those terms in you know october of this year um, so yeah, that's pretty that cool. Could, yeah, it's um, it's coming along. My goal for this is to get out a version by the end of June, and I feel like that's possible. I feel like um, one thing. One other thing I'll add in my updates here is I think what I've been noticing is a lot of my code has been kind of, you know, when you write code like this or you do one of these rewrites kind of go at least i do you go in circles a little bit where you touch one part of the code base improve it and then you go back to a part and implement it and then you go oh because i did this i can now do that and i know it always seems like a good sign to me when the code just kind of collapses on itself if you will like the user interface gets smaller the code gets smaller you know the number of reference like it's not it's no longer foo.bar.thing.list right now it's just <laughs> now it's just list you know it, it yeah 
for some reason, I think when you get the model right, uh, code collapses on itself and it just becomes smaller and um, yeah, less, less complex. Like the code becomes less complex. And I think that's, that's what it is because maybe because the data model supports the coding you want to do as opposed to I think uh, trying to write our code. friend yeah I think our friend Derek Reimer would uh, maybe make a reference to functional programming oh absolutely <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a super geeky reference but <laughs> yeah no I, I think it's true and then there's a there's a quote um, there's a statement by Robert Pike um, who was a, definitely an OG developer and he said you know, data structures, not algorithms, are fundamental to programming. Mm. And you know, he said you get the you get the data structures right, the programming, the algorithms become obvious, and they almost write themselves. In other words, and yeah. I think I think that's really true in the sense of you you start out maybe to bring this back to like bootstrapping. You start out with an idea, you start writing code. You know, six months later you know now more about what it needs to do. And so you keep writing code, but that code now is trying to work with the data model that you created six months ago. And it's getting, you know, it's getting more and more complex, more and more references, more and more convoluted. And it's because, you know, you're out here writing new code, but very rarely do you want to go back to the foundation and like change that. But, um, but I think that's actually what you want to do sometimes. So anyway, that's, it's working well in this case. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. So that's that's what I've been um, eking out. <laughs> cool. Um, this week for me is the first week in a while where it's just me. Um, Bjorn mm-hmm. is working uh, one day later this week. Um, or two half days actually, uh, but so far it's just me. And yesterday, Monday was a holiday here, so I took the day off to do stuff in the garden, um, which was great. I am also, as I said, in the middle of a move. So you know, the first month here in Denmark, we spent in the summer house, and today we got the keys for the studio apartment in Copenhagen that we're going to live in. So we're going to kind of like split our time between the cabin um, and the the apartment here in Copenhagen. Oh, I never know to say apartment or flat. In the UK, it's always <laughs> flat. <laughs> I like apartment more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's really exciting. It's like super weird because it's the it's literally like opposite worlds. So, you know, here... It's like my favorite location almost, I would say, of anywhere in Copenhagen and pretty much of like anywhere in the world of where I'd want to live. And you just, you know, you walk down the stairs here and you are in one of the coolest streets in the city with great shops, restaurants, bars, coffee shops and all that. And then, you know, it's in Denmark where Corona is at distant memory. Well, it sounds like it is in the U.S. as well. Mm. But here it's like, it's not really an issue anymore. Um, 
So hopefully that doesn't backfire too bad. But for now, it's kind of like it's just nice to enjoy the summer and, you know, go to a restaurant or go to get an ice cream or yeah, just man, hang out. That, that normalcy and, um, yeah, I mean, it paints a nice picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's like what we have here in the city. And then we drive an hour to the cabin and it's like, you know, I'm walking around in my Vader's waiters with, you know, fish guts on my hands and, you know, <laughs> going fishing like every other day and going to the forest and we're eating like food from the garden and the forest. And mm. it's just, and there it's like, you know, you talk to the neighbors once or twice during the day or like wave or something like that. But like here it's like people everywhere. So it's very weird. Um, and I think it'll take a time. It'll take some time to get used to being in the city um, but I'm kind of mm. excited. I'm excited to try like the splitting time thing and see how, if that's actually the best of both worlds or if it's just annoying. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of room uh, either place. So I think it's nice to like switch locations <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, always. I think that's, that's good for our minds for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you that you're on the other side of the, uh, of the, you know, move, uh, to Denmark and, you know, compared to where you were before. So we're officially Danish residents now, which is pretty awesome. And my car has Danish license plates on it. Uh, we're slowly done with all the bureaucracy. Um, I don't expect it to end right now, but (laughs) that's impressive how, I mean, honestly, that's uh, pretty quick. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, some of the stuff, especially with the car, I paid other people to deal with. <laughs> uh, yeah. Expedite this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, excited to kind of like this is a new lifestyle. If any of our listeners are in Copenhagen, I am uh, I'm around. I am thirsty for coffee and uh, company. So that's mm-hmm. like an open call, I guess. <laughs> I know a lot of my friends from Copenhagen are listening, actually. So, hello. Cool. Um, yeah, and uh, I think Bjorn and I are due for uh, like a company beer soon as well. After uh, the past few months of like Corona madness, so that's going to be good as well. Yeah. Um, on the product side, um, I'm actually still not sure entirely what my plan is for june i don't think it's going to be a lot of product stuff um i am like one of my big partners are like slowly like waking up um and doing stuff so you know with these when you're partnering with these big companies whenever there is movement like you want to keep the momentum going so i think that's going to be my main focus this week is keep that momentum going and doing everything i can to like you know see how far uh how far we can get while they're paying attention to me because like you know (laughs) something could happen that they would you know care less about their partnership with me and uh, care more about other things we have had like crazy things happen in the past few months that (laughs) changed the course for a lot of a lot of projects so i um I was thinking about like, it's crazy how I started talking to this specific company. It's almost a year ago. Um, 
that we started the talks and, you know, it's just crazy how long these things take. And these partnerships for me, I actually think like if, if I can, if I can find the patience that it requires to get some of these partnerships working yeah. and not only patience, but like also the, the inner <laughs> calm that it will work eventually and like keep, you know, keep believing in it. Yeah. Then that'll be a competitive advantage. Um, and Definitely. it will pay off hugely, uh, once it finally works out and I'm pretty optimistic, but I also like, am realistic about like how long it potentially can take. But with one of these big partners, their solution engineers on our testing branch and are saying that they're excited to spend more time um, getting to know the tool and hopefully share it with customers and colleagues and stuff like that. So that's obviously really exciting. Um, and I want to make sure that they have as good of an experience that they can and uh, yeah, I think that's going to be my focus this week, um, yeah. uh, as well as coming up with a plan for for June. Yeah, it is that it is new calendar month. Investor updates going yep. out soon. <laughs> yeah, that's on my to do list as well. Yep. Yeah. So I don't have a ton of updates to share besides that right now. Um, we haven't really shipped much since last time we talked, I think. Um, we had uh, shipped a bug with the, the new pricing stuff that I realized at like 9 p.m. Friday. And it's like, yeah, this cannot wait until Monday. So... Uh, <laughs> I know what to do. And, and Maya was like, how long is, how long do you think this is going to take? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, 10 minutes, four hours. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got to be done or else I'm not going to yeah. be able to think about anything else. Basically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it ended up being like half an hour, which was all right. <laughs> hey, that's a good side of that, of that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Keep it short. Sounds, sounds like the right thing. All right. And, uh, Talk to you next week. Okay, sir. I actually talked to you at 9 p.m. tonight for a mastermind. Uh, yes, yes, that's right. 9 p.m. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Peter, no, thank you. Not your 9 a.m., please. <laughs> or 9 p.m., <laughs> sorry. Awesome. Talk to you later. See you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>